Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Fart Fetish Podcast once again. We have a very special episode with a guest today, but I first wanted to do a few quick plugs. The Fart Fetish Podcast is available on almost all major podcast platforms and releases episodes monthly, usually the first Friday of the month. You can also visit fartfetish.info. It's the same site as aproctophilia.org. I just thought that name, that URL, would be a little easier to spell. But both URLs will still work and they'll continue to work. The podcast is embedded there. There's some informative resources. I've also added some podcast links of the shows that I've listened to, and I'll, I'll talk about those on the next episode. I've also finally put up the link to the Discord. It'll be invite-only to avoid any kind of trolls or shenanigans. To request an invite, click the link at fartfetish.info to email me, drop a few lines in your message so I know that you're real and genuinely interested in the subject, and and let's just make this Discord a place to discuss, support, and, and grow together. It's not a Discord for pornography. There's plenty of those already. And that's it. Without further ado, I'd like to introduce Dill, also known as at Stinky DJ on Twitter. That's Stinky DJ with three Ys. He's a fart fetishist from the gay community. In fact, he's also followed the gay community for some time and even written about the online history of the community, which we will discuss today here on the Fart Fetish Podcast. At his request and for his privacy, I've altered his voice for this interview. Welcome, Dill. Thank you for coming on the podcast. We're going to jump right into the history you've kept track of, but but first, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, just, just to start us off. Well, thank you for having me. Um, I'm really excited to be here. So, I'm Dill. Most people will probably know me as Dill Gem from this vid and gotten onto Twitter as well recently. So yeah, I'm a fart fetishist. I make videos and I also help to run a couple of Telegram groups for uh, people in our community. So yeah, that's me. Very nice. And, and talk to me about the, uh, the uh, you call it a, a brief history of the fart community, um, I think is the title. I, I have some questions, but why don't you start with, with like, like, what is it and what's been documented here? Basically, I just talk about, like, the, the history of how this community has developed and, like, how it progressed from the early days uh, to where we are now, like, how... Uh, you know, there have been different forums online and everything and how people have started trading videos and all of that and like all the different kind of aspects that have come about as a result of having more connections, more technological development and how that's affected the community. Um, I focus more on the gay side of things because like that's the side that I'm more involved in, but I believe there are parallels to the straight side. How would you say the two sides differ, um, the the gay and straight sides of the fetish? Like, how do those differences play out? Well, okay, so with the gay side, obviously, it's guys into guys, and it's guys who like farting into guys who like farting kind of thing, which means, like, the way I see it, it's more of an even playing field in the sense that, like, everyone on that side is offering what the other people want whereas with the straight side of things it's it's not the same because like i i think you mentioned this in the previous 
episode of the podcast where there just aren't that many straight females that are into this and that are that like actually uh into guys fighting so they they don't they don't really don't want to see anything they don't really get anything out of that so like say for example if you had two groups one of just gay guys from the community and one of like straight guys and straight women with the gay guys like everyone can give each other what they want with the straight side it's there's more of a power imbalance because like really it's only the females that can give what the guys want the guys don't want what the other guys are offering and the females don't want what the guys are offering either so it's like there's a there's a power imbalance there I was I was just gonna I was just gonna agree and and say the only like the only way uh, and I think we talked about it briefly um, in our chats was the only kind of way to in a, in a small way to uh, match that type of um, exchange uh, that the male side has to give to other uh, males that are straight is is the art is uh, is like stories or uh, image captions, videos um, that are, you know, produced by men, but not necessarily starring the men as the farters, if, if you get what, my drift. Um, like, like when I produced videos with my, with my uh, ex, uh, you know, I, I, I produced them. They were, you know, my, um, uh, whatever, you know, my, my imagination, my, I, I dreamed them up. Um, and she was, she was just, you know, sort of the model in the, uh, in the space doing most of the work, of course, I'm not, not saying that, but, uh, but it wasn't of her, you know, wasn't those, these weren't her ideas. These were, these were from my stories and things like that. Um, but yeah, that seems like the only way on the straight side that having a, a heavy population of male, um, and, and maybe no or very limited amounts of females that, you know, whether they like male farts or like farting on men, even that is, is, is probably uh, rare as well, um, that, that uh, the women in this space, many of them most likely do it as, a, you know, as, a, as another part of their, their business repertoire. On that side, it is more of like a business transaction where they're offering a product and really the only thing that they want from the men is money um whereas we don't really have that i mean like yes yes that kind of thing exists on the gay side as well but like it's not to the same degree absolutely well we have we we do have we do touch on that a little later as well in in questions but i i do like it it's interesting because that's it is such a um I mean, we even talked about it uh, off, uh, you know, in our chats about, you know, you talked about it as an equivalent exchange, um, which, you know, can be synonymous with the idea of this video trading that that really only really can only occur in the in the gay fart fetish space. It, it can't really occur on the straight side, because, as you said, the other men don't really want what the other men are, are offering, uh, if they're even offering it at all, which usually they're not. I mean, I guess we already talked about how that kind of separates the two sides um, between uh, between the straight and and kind of how they they don't like that's one um, maybe one kind of uh, tantamount spot where they're not gonna merge because there is such a difference in um, in how how the two how the two really approach the fetish. It's almost like two separate fetishes. It it actually is, and like it as as much as I would love for there to be a sort of more more of a sense of community. I think that 
that one divide between the gay side and the straight side like that and because it does make everything a little bit different in the way that they approach the fetish it it, it does make it very difficult for everyone to kind of come together um i've been in like group chats and stuff where it's like a mix of people um and like it it doesn't really work it just doesn't really work no i i definitely i definitely could see it and one thing you mentioned in your history a lot of the past community in in the gay fart fetish community with uh with sites like male ass rippers um other ones aren't going to come to me off the top of my head. But what would you say, like, the community was back when those sites were prominent or, or, or existed? And, and how do you say it, it, it like, differs from today? Uh, well, I, I think I specified this in the, in the actual history itself, that uh, Male Atropist was a little bit before my time, before I fully got involved in everything. But from everyone that I know who's been involved with it they they talk about it like it was the pinnacle of like having a sense of community just like everyone being connected having that that sense of like oh we're, we're in this together like everyone talks about that time like it was the golden age of it like of this community of our side at least the gay side yeah so, so i think that like there was that to a degree, and even even a little bit after um, Male Outrip has ended, it it was, you know, there was a sense of, like, maybe not excitement, but, like, just togetherness, more so than there is today. I think that's one of the kind of negative changes that's come about. But I guess one of the, the good differences of now compared to then is just how big it's gotten and how... Like how, how many more people there are? Like, um, you know, you've got people from all over the world, and it's just more people kind of like discovering this part of themselves, and yeah, like more people getting involved. But I think, like, you know, it's a double-edged sword—is that the right phrase? Where, like, yeah, it's bigger, but like at the same time, now you've got more of like the kind of people that you don't really want to to be involved in this like the kind of people that that are kind of either taking advantage of us or are all all take and no give or just like people that are creeps you've got a lot of like seedy characters coming in as well and i think that didn't exist to the same degree as it did in the past for sure for sure one thing you uh, well, let me let me comment on that first. Like uh, the the I think that is a big problem. I think uh, it was uh, one of one of the clips on uh, Ask Ezra's podcast. He mentions uh, how uh, as the leather community grew, um, it, it became more difficult to vet people. So the the kind of tradition that was kind of taking on a mentor, you know, master slave relationship, and and training someone in that way that's kind of disappeared with the with the explosion and the popularity of these of these fetishes of these of these kinks because uh it it's simply become difficult but one thing i think was interesting about uh i noted about your your um 
your writings on, I think it was Mail Last Rippers, it might have been one of the other sites, that uh, it actually had a local like friend finder, which I think is something that uh, also as the internet started to take more hold, people kind of started to like people say they want to connect with people but we've kind of backed away from the like hey let's meet strangers on the internet idea and you know kind of more embracing the you know we have this world of online friends and we have our we have our real world friends and that's the way it's kind of gonna stay you know craigslist and things make things creepy or whatever it, it was mail astropers that, that had that thing i'm i'm not exactly sure how it worked but yeah that, that's just from what people have told me I think people still do want to meet in real life. Like, it's... The problem, again, is the fact that you can't exactly be sure who you're getting. And I think that's always been the problem with with meeting people online. Like, you can't... You, you can't really figure out who they are straight away. And, yeah, so, so like, it, it makes people hesitant to to kind of get into that space. But I know for a fact that a lot of people do want to meet others. They they want to engage in this fetish in real life. They they don't just want to keep it online. But like to be fair that there are a good number of people that do just want to keep it online and they, they don't want to take it past that for for whatever reason. And you know what, that's fair. Like they they if that's what they feel they can do that. But yeah. I still think there are a good number of people that that want to take these desires, I guess, and like move them into the the real world space. For sure. Well, I mean, it seems it seems a little out of nowhere, but but like, what what wanted what inspired you to to want to keep track of this history? Um, why did you think it was important? Uh, so, so a funny story behind it. I was actually thinking about writing fiction. Um, I was like, okay, let, let me give that a try. Like, you know, lots of people have done it. There are some stories I enjoy. Maybe I'll give it a try. But then then it kind of occurred to me, like, hey, why not try writing nonfiction? <laughs> um, because no no one's really done it before. And um, I, I think I explained it in the, in the introduction where, uh, I, I don't have it on me right now, but it's something like, I'm writing this because no one's really done this before and i feel the need to to kind of you know keep track of the development of everything for for the sake of like you know if if more people are kind of discovering this about themselves they they can have like a reference point to see where we've come from and what we've become and yeah like if we're if we are to to have a greater sense of community we need to have like a sense of shared history and yeah, not not everyone knows about you know everything that happened back in the day. So yeah, I I, I think it's just useful to kind of have that there as like oh okay, so this is how things were and this is the way they are now. Absolutely, I think and I think it is a great account. Like I I I certainly I was there on the on the straight side. No one has done a history that I know of on the on the you know straight fetish side, um, and there is some overlap for sure. Uh, but I really got a sense of the of the timeline and the history reading your you reading your document. You you really put a lot of time and effort into it. So it it is quite a um, it is quite a feat. Well, I, like it wasn't just me. Like you know, I talked to other people. I talked to um, older people that have kind of been involved 
with this since like you know since the internet first became a thing uh, you know and i mentioned that it's like you know in the beginning days where th there'd be like very basic websites like homemade websites where people would have like farting jokes or things like that and then people would share stories and then that's how it all started like obviously i like i wasn't there in those days i had to get help from other people to to figure out what it was all about so yeah it wasn't just me like i'm not taking full credit for all of that for sure, for sure. Well, I, I mean, that's great, and that, I mean, the just the fact that you you compiled it, you did the work. I, I, you know, you know, credit to you. But, but absolutely, I'm glad. I'm glad you know you got you got help and and are you know um, are are giving you know deferring to to others as well um, who were you know who were there. So I, that's great. You know, someone does have to be the the actual scribe of these things. So that is um, that is great that you've taken that on. Yeah, like, and I was thinking, you know. I would like there to be this kind of thing, but there's nothing like it that I know of. So I might as well be the one to to make it, because like you know, it's not really. It was it was it was a little bit like uh, a memoir for me in a sense, because like I've I've been involved in the community now for a while, more passively, I guess, early on, but then more actively for like four years now which is a fair amount of time to see how things have changed. So yeah, it was just a lot of like thinking back on old memories of, you know, like all, all the different stages that, that I went through personally and like, you know, how things changed, like how I saw different aspects of the community pop up online and, and things like that. Nice. Very nice. I think too, one of the, um, the, the kind of feeling you mentioned, I, I think of, of like, this isn't this no one else is doing this so let me do this i think is is what inspired a lot of people especially in the early days i'm not now i think money's the motivation but but i think a lot of people got inspired early on to make you know stories or other pieces of content you know whatever skills they had um because they either didn't see what they wanted or or wanted you know just wanted to do it i, I mean i started writing basically for myself i wasn't um com commoditizing anything i was just basically writing stories i thought were pleasing to myself and then other people um happened to enjoy them as well um we talked about there's kind of a difference in terminology uh we had a bit of a back and forth about the idea of like content producer and content buyer versus like terms used in the in the gay fart fetish community uh farter and sniffer can you can you talk to me a bit about that dichotomy and how, how the terms kind of differ between the two communities yeah sure uh so like um keep in mind that like i'm just one person and this is my perspective on things other people might just other people will disagree so like uh father and sniffer they're more like roles i guess where you can be one you can be the other you can be both of them and it's it's just like what do you enjoy doing from a fetish perspective do you enjoy farting do you enjoy sniffing or do you like doing both and that's separate from like the producer and consumer role right, maybe i shouldn't call them roles but it's it's separate from like the idea of being a producer or being a consumer because like you can be a father without being without like making any content for yourself you might just enjoy like doing that to other people without necessarily making videos or making 
art or making stories or anything like that, but you still enjoy that kind of more dominant aspect of the fetish. You can be a sniffer who, in terms of the fetish, is more passive, but, like, you can also produce content. You know, like, it's it's possible for to have that. So, that, like, they're not exactly the same things. In my personal opinion, like, I think... <laughs> I think the the whole dichotomy is complete bullshit because uh, and, and like and this is the same with with other people I've spoken to like you know the the whole idea of oh I'm just a sniffer it, like it just comes off as like an excuse to to leech off other people's content without giving anything in return and. It's not just me who feels that way, but there are lots of people out there who would identify as just a sniffer, and they just don't want to, like, make any content for themselves. But they, they'll they happily take it off other people and, you know, use that for their enjoyment without giving it anything in return. And no one really likes those people, on our side of the community, at least. For sure. For sure. No, and it makes sense. So I, I, I think I'm understanding, cause, because there is this... Um... I guess not necessarily that it's not always monetized, but this this slightly more pure economy of of video trading that goes on within the gay community, the uh, gay fart fetish community. That um, there is it, it farter and sniffer essentially become the the uh, not placeholder the the um, maybe I'll say placeholder it doesn't matter are essentially dom and sub other words for dom and sub in that way but the additional i guess weight that is carried on the you know solely sniffer role is that because they are males who are fully capable of farting there should be some sort of reciprocal exchange in that they're merely leeching off other people who are willing to you know, hit record on a camera, essentially. Yes. Yeah, that's pretty much it. And yeah, like you said, like pretty much everyone else that I've spoken to about this, they are just like, well, you're not a sniffer because everyone farts. Like, it's a bodily function. Everyone does it. They might not be great. Like, they, they might not be huge, massive, whatever, but like, everyone does it. Absolutely. Yeah, no, it make it makes total sense, and and yeah, I mean there there's some, I mean people definitely were, um, uh, you know, people definitely leech in terms of of you know straight content, a lot of you know video sharing and what have you, but it's not quite the same in terms of uh, uh, what you're saying because because it goes back to what we talked about at the beginning was the 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 males within the the gay far fetish community are all capable of giving something that all the other males want. Essentially, that's the general idea. Yeah, and it feels unfair that there are people that can provide something, but they're just choosing not to. For sure. That kind of plays into the idea of, uh, I mean, eh, maybe a little bit. The, 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 you mentioned uh, in, in, the, in the history, and, and we talked about it as uh, fart videos, I think mostly the fart traded videos, but I guess it could be any, whether it be content or fart trading, um, as, as sort of a currency within the community. And, and that's a fairly prevalent idea to do so. Like, talk, talk a bit about what, uh, what that looks like. It's basically 
people talking to each other online and sending each other videos. I was first introduced to the concept in, I think it was 2015, 2016, showing my age here. Uh, like uh, the ideas kind of struck me as a, as a little bit weird at the time, but but then like essentially it's just I'll send you a video of myself and you'll send me a video of yourself, and that's what trading is. Occasionally, it will be some people have got a bunch of videos saved of other people, and they will trade them, but no one likes it when people do that. Like these like they're essentially stealing and like stealing is massively looked down upon it happens a lot like people pretend to be other people and they'll trade videos as if they are the other person that they're pretending to be we don't like that we don't want that but yeah so trading is just me sending something you sending me something back and that's that's pretty much it for sure okay i, I mean I, I and and you know the idea of of like as a currency, I, I mean, I since I, I started joining this vid, um, when they kind of purged uh, Pornhub of anything that wasn't uh, like an official creator, I noticed that there's there's people on there who they have they have videos marked as private, and they will you know write in their profile very clearly that they're pretty much only going to accept you as their friend if you have private videos and and many times if you have what they consider good private videos quality rarity desirability what have you um that you're essentially bringing to this transaction and and that transaction that you know the videos being used as currency is essentially for someone accepting or rejecting your your friend request on on uh, you know this vid um i found that pretty interesting uh that that it's there is a i mean i i under, fully understand it people are bringing something to the table so why shouldn't they get something in return but uh it's just it's just interesting to see um videos used the, that way especially you know in the in the straight community it tends to be content that's you know it's stolen but it's like it's produced content that's stolen it's not like um almost more identity theft stolen yeah well i, I guess on our side when that happens like we we know when it's produced content and we know when it's like hey this isn't actually who you're saying it is or like you're not who you say you are kind of thing because like you know that I, I talk about this in in the history as well like there are lots of um content producers that have gotten quite famous within the community as it is on your side as well and you know it's like sometimes people will pretend to be them or like they'll have very well-known videos that like just everyone can recognize just by looking at a thumbnail it's like oh yeah that, that, that's that guy you know and these videos will just be like constantly floating around the internet actually another idea that was um that was interesting to me uh you you in your in your written history is the idea of uh soft fart porn like like what is soft port fart soft fart porn and how does it differ from from what you've uh, dubbed as like true fart porn well, firstly, I'll start off by saying that, like, you know, this, it's, like, my definition. Like, I I, I haven't seen these terms used elsewhere uh, before or by anyone else. Well, then so, you're like, the pioneer. Called... You get to do whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> what I call soft platform is basically um, any kind of video where it's not inherently sexual. Like, obviously, the, the thing with our people is that we find this non-inherently sexual thing to be sexual so soft fart porn is it could just be a video of like 
you know, a couple of guys just hanging out, and then, you know, one of them has to fart or something. And they're all fully wearing clothes. It, there's, like, nothing at all sexual about the situation. But people will still get sexual gratification out of that because we find it attractive. Like, that kind of thing. It's like, it's not porn, but we use it as porn. That's what I would consider to be soft fart porn. Whereas true fart porn is, like, made with the intention of, like, I know there's a, a group of people out there that enjoy this stuff, and I'm targeting my video towards them. There's, like, a degree of, like... Because there are people who make videos for us, but they, you know, there's no nudity involved. There's, like, they're, they're fully clothed as well. But, like, we we know that the video is made for us. So, like, it's, it doesn't look like porn at all. So I, I think there's, like, a kind of middle ground as well. And then there's, like, the full-on, okay, we're having sex and there's fighting involved. I see. I think that bridges the gap to, to what I was going to ask you is, is like, would you equate soft fart porn or at least maybe a segment of fart, soft fart porn to be sort of like, and this is a term I've made up to, so don't, don't feel bad about it. Girlfriend experience fart porn that, that some producers kind of make these uh, videos where the, the viewer, or if there's a submissive in the video, they're not really dominated, but they're sort of like in on the enjoyment of a, of a girl farting around them. I, I wouldn't say it's the exact same, because, like, we've got our own equivalent of that where, you know, producers will kind of play that play that up and, like, pretend to be the gassy boyfriend or whatever. So, yeah, it's it's not necessarily the same, because, like, there, there already is an equivalent to that. It's just change the woman to a man, basically. I got you. I got you. So, it seems like, it seems like soft fart porn, then, then if I understand it, is a little more organic or like a home movie, a, a guy, you know, grabbing a camera, he's quickly, you know, uh, he's gonna, you know, share a fart or farting, um, a couple times for the boys for laughs. Yeah, pretty much. And I think, yeah, maybe it doesn't happen as much with women, but like it, it does happen. Like I've seen, I've seen videos floating around. I, I've seen people make like, um, compilations of like female Twitch streamers that, that happen to fight a lot kind of thing. Uh, you know, they they probably know that people are getting off to it, but like, you know, it's it's a, it's that kind of situation. Yeah, I was just going to mention because I, I I didn't think about it when I wrote out these these uh these questions, but you're right. I wrote I thought like you know there's no real equivalent because women are you know pretty much just doing it on content producing or OnlyFans, but you're right. There are there have been especially like you say Twitch compilations of of I think it, it is especially Twitch streamers that you know they're streaming for a lot of hours, so they happen to uh, fart and then these videos get cut and and put together for for essentially people's enjoyment mostly i think people do it for laughs but i'm sure as you say there is um i'm sure somebody you know the wink and the nod towards um knowing what is also also going on behind the the laughter for some people yeah exactly and, and what i find really funny is the the people like the the streamers themselves who who aren't aware of it but then they eventually become aware of it and especially the ones that react badly it's like oh so i was i was looking at where all my views are coming from and like oh my god i was disgusted you people are, are sick like why are you watching me do this kind of stuff i'm never gonna i'm gonna edit everything out from now on kind of thing 
Like I, I've seen that happen with, um, you know, with women as well as with men. And it, like, it's just, it's funny. It's funny, but like, it also goes to show like how, what I was saying before about how there are so many creeps these days. It's like, if you see someone who's like, obviously not into this, but you know, they fart, whatever. Don't go and be all creepy in the comments and be like, oh, you should record more. Oh, you know, oh, that was really good. That Like, just stop. Don't do that. We don't like it. No one likes that. No, it's 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 very true. I I, um, I think that happens. Uh, I think that happens probably more more frequently than it absolutely should. Oh, it shouldn't happen at all. But I think a lot of uh, producers disappear or 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 leave the business. Leave leave you know or or even just people producing videos for fun. I think they just stop because they are uh, essentially a- approached in in a in a manner that's just not. It's al- almost. Inhuman is not the right word, but it's just like out of out of like maybe inhuman is the best word. Honestly, it, it's not. There's lack of humanity in the in the way these people come out with these comments sometimes. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But then also on the on the on the other side of things, you get people who are making uh, content just for fun. Um, and I've got a very prominent person in mind here on our side. Then they realize, hey, people are into this. And then they realized, hey, I can make money off these people. And then they start, like, intentionally gearing their content towards the people that enjoy it. So, yeah, it's, like, it's interesting to see that, you know, they're, they're either disgusted and completely stop, or they there's a chance that they're like, ooh, I still think you're a bit weird, but, like, if you enjoy it, I'm gonna I'm going to get something out of it as well. Like I've seen that happen. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, that kind of ties into to uh, something something that we we uh, we chatted about and and is in your history as well as is kind of the what you write as uh, straight alpha jocks who who kind of have come into the space, um, make and sell fart content for the gay community, and they are sort of akin to the the women on on the on the straight fart fetish side, um, who are you know making videos, selling videos on you know I want clips and clips for sale. Um, for straight fetishists. So, uh, can you talk a bit about that the the straight alpha jock uh, phenomenon and and you know how it's perceived and received by the community? Yeah, uh, I think like they have come about as a result of you know what I was saying before. It's like, oh hey, I'm doing this thing that is just natural, and it, hey look, people enjoy it. I'm going to start making money off those people, and I, I think the. <laughs> Like, I, I say straight alpha jock as a kind of a derogatory kind of term because they, it, it seems like they, they don't always understand, like, the, the nuances of what people enjoy. And they're just like, oh, gay people only want to see a certain kind of body type, a certain kind of, what's the word, disposition or demeanor or, like, character they they want someone to be fully aggressive and like yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna fart in your face kind of thing and yeah they they play up that side of things a lot which is kind of hilarious in a way because not not everyone wants that a good number of people do want that but like not everyone wants that and and they think that just by you know just by showing off their muscles or whatever and having like a tiny fart here and there that they'll be able to to make money off our community. I personally 
don't like that they're taking advantage of us, especially the ones... Like, this is not... It's not as prominent now as it was maybe a couple of years back. But before, it used to be very much, like, they see us as inferior to them because of this unique interest of ours. But, like, they'll happily take our money. Whereas now, there's more of a sense of, like, I'm... I'm not into this thing that you're into, but I'm happy to make content for you, and, like, I still kind of see you as, maybe not an equal, but, like, I'm not looking down on you. I have a problem with the people that look down on us while still trying to take our money. I also don't like the fact that <laughs> there are so many of us who are kind of desperate enough to give these people money in the first place, and I mentioned that in the history as well, like, there's this thing of like inflated prices for poor quality content and people are just willing to pay because I don't know I don't know yeah. <laughs> but they are yeah no I, I I get it like I I I, I don't know uh, like I I'm fairly certain the the women who are producing uh fart fart videos generally are not into into farting um as as their interest as their personal interest um i, I you know i can't say that with certainty but it, it seems like a fair bet i don't think i ever got the sense though that uh there was there was like a a a looking down upon the community. Certainly there's some videos produced that, you know, they, they will degrade and demean. And, you know, there probably is even low quality content that not necessarily is inflated prices, but definitely the content um, would be an insult to someone's intelligence. Kind of like poor you, like using, using sound effects that are even like, I'm not saying that's a bad thing necessarily, but even like their poor quality or, or just like the content is just, it feels it feels like someone who just doesn't give a shit and they're just like let me throw this at these fart fetishists and they'll eat it up and i think i think you're right unfortunately there are some that will but i, I do hope that uh the the majority of the 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 sales and the the accolades go to those who um uh actually put in effort and and ideally to those who actually are from the community or or have this um have this uh, this fetish or, or at least feelings toward this fetish within them. And, like, uh, you know, that's exactly what I would want as well. And I think with OnlyFans gaining so much popularity in the past couple of years, that's kind of where we're heading, where I don't, like, on the gay side, it's, it's very much happening. It's very much a thing where the people that are into it themselves, they'll be the ones making content and selling content. And like, you know, good for them. They're into it. They're they're doing it. They're they're making content for us. Like and if we want to have access to that, then I guess it's fair for them to expect that they receive some kind of compensation. Having said that, I know that there are some people that really don't want uh any kind of content to be for sale at all and they think that, you know, everything should just be given for free as like a almost like a community service kind of thing that's a kind of minority opinion i guess everyone else is more like hey well if i can make money why shouldn't i make money for sure for sure and i think we're just in that unfortunately in that time of life where it because you you start to weigh the options of 
like I can do this, I can put the time into into doing this. Um, but is it at at what cost? At what expense? Like if I if I can um, commoditize this in some small way, um, shouldn't I? Um, and it almost feels like the world is constantly telling you yes, yes, yes. The kind of pure idea of of giving something away for free is almost laughable today. You know, it's, it's, it's sadly, sadly too. I'm not saying people shouldn't be rewarded for their effort because I, I certainly want to be as well. But I think there, uh, when things were young, you know, there was definitely an idea of I'm just a part of the community and I'm doing this for uh, the community. I mean, that, that's what I did. With, like, I, I think I mentioned already what I did with my stories. I did them for years and, and didn't try to try to sell it or, or make a book out of it or whatever. I did eventually, but, but for hundreds hundreds of stories just um just put out because you know i i you know i wanted to do them i didn't think about like i'm not making money on this i did i didn't care but as you get older it starts to become more of an issue yeah but funnily enough a lot of the people that are making money off off this tradition you know that are from the community itself they're quite young like they're in their early 20s and stuff I guess that's the time of your life where, where you're needing money for other reasons. Yeah. I, and I think um, this is one of those changes that's, uh, like I was talking about changes before, the fact that so many people are, are kind of only doing this for money now. I I don't see that as a great thing because I think that creates a bit more divisiveness. And in a sense, it kind of, I see it as elevating people to a kind of untouchable status where it's like you're making paid content that means you're kind of better than everyone else because you think that you're you know you think that people should have to pay to watch you kind of thing that's just my personal perspective like i don't i it's weird i guess i'm i'm holding to opposing viewpoints it's like yeah good for them like they can do what they want but at the same time you know, it would be nice if you didn't do that. I mean, I think that's that is just kind of the 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 um, the kind of contradiction we've kind of reached as as a society with with things like OnlyFans becoming prominent. You do have, I'm sure, I I, I don't use OnlyFans, but like I'm sure there are are women on there who are um, essentially doing like things mundane things. Like, why are you? Why is this sellable content? You know, but. It, it is because we're kind of at that place where there are people who will buy it. There are people who are, who are without it and want that, whatever, you know, whatever it's experience or whatever, I, you know, it, it's, it's almost hard to explain, but like, I, I agree with you that there should be maybe a line to what a content producer actually is. If you're merely, you know, uh, grabbing a camera and hitting record, you know, you're sitting on your couch and recording some farts. That's probably not a content producer. That's closer to, I mean, you, people will sell that of course, but that's less of a content producer. But I, I think the, the, where the line gets drawn for me, I, maybe this is because, you know, my experience and in, in our background in media and, and acting and what have you, like for me, it's, it's when there's actual elements put uh, there's so, there's some forethought put behind this like whether it be a script camera angles some thought to how it's recorded you know are we paying attention to the focus are we recording the sound properly like that that's where the line t- for me gets drawn to this is content versus this is um home movies i guess 
I guess produced content is a better word. Everything is content technically, but produced content versus kind of the um, kind of the uh, amateur content, I suppose. Yeah, um, I, I think there's there's even a kind of middle ground as well. For, like for example, there are a couple of um, there are a few like content creators on the gay side where they like it's it's amateur. It's 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 still got a kind of like homemade feel to it, but you know they have worked on scripts they've worked on creating scenarios setting up that kind of thing and it's like you know it's like just watching a low budget play kind of thing but like with fetish stuff involved so yeah it's not like a professional thing but it's not completely amateur either but you know i think it's it's a it's a what's the word a spectrum there's a spectrum of the style of content I, I, yeah, I, I definitely, I would agree with that. Cause I, I would consider mine, like I, you know, while I did, you know, pay attention to these things, I still kind of produced a, uh, relatively low budget product just because, I mean, one, I didn't want to spend a whole lot of money, but I also liked the aesthetic of this seeming a little more real and, and grounded. You know, I think, you know, when people started getting into four, I don't want to get into technicals, but like people started getting into 4k as kind of like the norm like you started seeing productions go higher in value without, you know, with why, why are you doing this, you know, in 4k, nobody needs this much definition of you, you know, you know, uh, farting toward the camera, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You talked about, um, uh, in your notes to me, you talked about like sub fetishes within iproctophilia for for me, like I look at things like face sitting um, and, and a few other like specifics. Is, is that like what you're talking about in terms of sub fetishes or, or what? How do you see f- sub fetishes? I guess the way I would define it is like something. So, so there's this farting itself. Like that's that's the kind of one banner that we all unite under. But then if there's anything else that needs to not necessarily needs to, but that you would like to have there on top of that, that like your in particular into then that will be like a sub finish and i i guess a face sitting is an interesting one because there are some people who are into that in itself but they don't necessarily want to be farted on or anything so it like that could also be like a a, a cross fetish or you know or like a side fetish kind of thing but th- there are some people that will not enjoy farting unless there's face sitting involved and that's, I guess, more like a sub-fetish kind of thing. I know a lot of people are into a particular type of clothing. Like, lots of people are into into jeans. Some people are very into, like, basketball shorts. What else? <laughs> I know some people are very into um, seeing people light their farts on fire. Me, personally, that's not my thing. <laughs> but, like, you know, that's if, if that's what you're into, go ahead. Yeah. So it's, you know, that kind of stuff, in addition to farting. So would you say it like, uh, uh, like when we, I, I talked to Damien, um, the, the paradigm of him liking clothed farts? Yeah, I, I guess. I, I think that's slightly different in that that's more of a, a preference in the, like it could be a, a sub-fetish where like it has to, like if the person has to be wearing clothes, otherwise like you just can't get into it or it could just be like a preference of like oh i'd rather just see someone wearing clothes or like i said before it could be oh for me to really enjoy it they have to be wearing this particular thing 
I see. I see. It's it, I, I think I understand the difference because you're right. I was thinking when I originally thought about face sitting, for example, um, for, for me, it seems like it should be the category above farting. Like you have face sitting and then farting, but it's true. Some people like farting without face sitting at all. So you can't really say farting is a sub sub category of face sitting, maybe for some people, but it really doesn't it's it's not a it's not a like a a, a be all end all uh, example. Um, that's interesting. You're right because yeah, if you just prefer something, um, it's not necessarily that you have a a requirement as it as it were like a fetish for it. Um, whereas you know me, I think the two are are farting and and femdom are the two. Like I, I think I definitely prefer face sitting to be in there. Maybe even very close to fetish. Um, yeah, it's probably a fetish, but like I could probably do with just the two, but without those two, it's, it's zero. It's then you really it, don't get much. Exactly. It can't just be farting and it can't just be femdom. They have, those two have to be together. And then, you know, face sitting is great as well, but without those two, um, at the, at the core, I guess it, it's nothing essentially. So I get, I, that makes sense that I do. I think I understand that now. Yeah, uh, me, me on the other hand, like just for myself, you know, I, I'm pretty, I'm pretty open in that, like, I don't have a whole lot of specific requirements for me to enjoy it. I generally prefer clothed parts. I seem to be in the minority. Like a lot of people on the gay side, they're just like, you know, take everything off, stretch out your cheeks. I'm just like, no, no, I don't want to see that. Like that's not my thing. Yeah, I kind of have that same. I kind of have that same uh, same mentality. Like it can be okay sometimes, but I'm generally like, nah, you know, underwear's underwear's fine. We don't need to get we don't need to get anything beyond that. Yeah, exactly. That's that's me. But yeah, but like you know, to each his own. And, and like I think that's one of the like in a way, it's kind of nice. It's just like it it shows the, the diversity within our group of people. For sure. For sure. In uh, in the in the last episode, I, I think episode five, I, I mentioned talking with uh, a male dominant at a local dungeon. He wasn't a fart fetishist, um, and he and he was telling me his perception of of uh, fart fetishes was. Um, I, I hope I'm not guessing here, but I, my presumption was his his uh, his feeling was somewhat negative, because uh, in his interactions he talked about how the uh, fart fetish was used as kind of a, a foot in the door to uh, some sort of scat play. You you talked to me, you mentioned to me about how uh, greater visibility of of more fetishes could help this kind of problem. Can can you talk more about that? Yeah, I think. Like I, th- I think our fetish is perceived to be as something shameful, or even like relatively shameful, relatively disgusting, and you know, I, like even me myself, I still have kind of personal hang-ups about that. Of like, am I really into this kind of thing? Like, do I want to be into this? And I, I, I know people who are who have that kind of feeling even even more than me they're like i like i think like yes i enjoy it but i don't like the fact that i enjoy it i think having more visibility would kind of help to be like yeah this like it's a thing like this is just a part of 
the scope of human sexuality and like it it's not something to be ashamed of it's it doesn't have to be disgusting uh like like in fact you know, when you think about it like the you know farting itself it's very innocent and like it's objectively speaking it's less disgusting than like sex even like even vanilla sex do you know what I mean? Like it's not. Oh, I, 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 I absolutely know what you mean. I don't know if other people would agree, but I, I hundred percent agree with what you're saying. Yeah, it's just like you know, there doesn't have to be any physical contact. There's no like fluids or anything that are exchanged. It's just like air. Um, <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, sorry, I kind of went off on a tangent, but basically, you know, more visibility means less shame, and then people won't have to use like a fetish that's perceived to be less intense or less shameful as a foot in the door to get what they want and like it's you know i I think the same thing applies to scat as well like scat not my thing sorry i'm not into that but like you know you do you but like i i think the same thing applies there if it's like you need to be upfront about what you like and what you want and don't kind of, and I guess if it was more accepted, then people would be more willing to be like, yeah, this is what I want. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. It, it totally makes sense. I, I, I don't think it's a one-to-one comparison, but I'm thinking of uh, um, foot fetishism, for instance. I think uh, one of the things, maybe it's it's uh, my exposure to the film community, uh, it, the, the, the more people became aware of Quentin Tarantino's foot fetishism, the more I feel like people started to accept it because uh, of his you know, high profile within Hollywood. I think, I, I mean, I'll, I'll, like I say, foot fetishism is a little more benign than I guess people would associate with butts and what come out of them. But still, like, I, I think that is, you're exactly right. That the visibility of, of a high profile person or if it could just be done with more people being visible, I think that is the key to what starts to break down these barriers um, and, and allows um, not even just the public to perceive it better, but also to for fetishists to feel less um, ashamed of something that they should they should have no shame about. They didn't, you know, nobody, I don't think people chose this. Maybe some people did, but I think for the majority of us, we didn't choose to go down this route and, and we're just kind of, doing you know doing what makes us happy in a way that i I think not you know for most people doesn't hurt anyone else you know the the few people that do screw them you know they don't need to be involved but i think the majority of people just want to practice their fetish in a you know a safe a sane way with uh with you know consensual and willing partners yes exactly and um, i was actually having a conversation with another friend in the community recently and we we kind of got to the point where like I, I kind of realized, hey, this stuff is pretty much the same thing as just like sexuality in general. T- like take you know homosexuality, for example, where it's stigmatized and you know people feel ashamed for for having their particular inclinations towards the same sex. They can't help it. like it's it's just there. But society all around them is telling them, "Hey, you are an abomination. You are, you are bad. You are, you know, just 
the things that you want to do it's like morally wrong it's unethical it's against the will of god or whatever it is like there's all this public perception of like you're being shamed for liking what you like and i think it's the same with fetishes it's just like you know like i was having this conversation and we it was like wow it's essentially the same thing it's just like we can't help what we like you know and if we're doing it or if we want to to practice it within the confines of like a consensual mutual agreement kind of thing then like there shouldn't be anything there shouldn't be any shame surrounding it but i think we're still in that that phase of there still is a lot of shame yeah yeah, definitely. You you mentioned, in fact, uh, in a I, I think it ties in in a chat message to me, uh, and I'm I'm quoting here. Uh, it's almost like you have to make this kink your whole life, or you have to hide it away. There's no real middle ground, which I think that's a that's a very true statement. But you know, with greater visibility, I think as we we've talked about, um, I, I'm hoping I think we can create that middle and. Or at the very least, we can we can we can empower our own, and we can we can support our own, which would be a great start. If nothing, if we can't get any further than that, that would be a great place to at least begin. Yeah, definitely. And you know, just like adding to what you were saying before, or like quoting me, um, like just as an example, I know that there are people out there, people that I would consider friends. I guess they would think the fact that. I'm going on your podcast to talk about this kind of stuff. They'd be like, "Wow, you're taking it too far," you know. And they might even mock me for it. And it's like, "Wow, you 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 actually went on a show to talk about this. Like, you're taking it too far." You know, this is something that should be hidden away, locked away. Like, don't talk about it. You like, what are you doing? But then, like, I kind of draw the same parallels to like LGBT rights and all of that kind of stuff where it's like there were people that had to take it too far in the sense of like relative to what was considered appropriate at the time for us to get to the point where we are today in terms of all of that i think you made a a great point i i think it's 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 unfortunate that you got some pushback i hope i hope you did get some support as well because for my for my you know side of it i haven't gotten pushback um, I've gotten people saying like I wouldn't want to be out, but it wouldn't. Ne- it wasn't necessarily why are you doing this. So I find it. I, I find it a little maybe disheartening is a little hard of a word, but the fact that someone's like don't do that is almost a little. It's almost actively. It's rather than rather than being defensive, they're actually being offensive in the way like no, they're uh, uh, they're trying to stop you from doing something in a way um, that could help the community. Well, uh, let me clarify. No one has actually told me to not do it, but I, I, uh, I just have a strong feeling. And yes, it's kind of an assumption, but it's it, it's an assumption based on what I know of these people that they would be like, oh, it's not that I shouldn't do this. It's that by doing this, by you know being on this podcast, that I'm taking things too far. It's like, hey, maybe you should you know take a step back, and it's like you know don't get involved in this world so much like and that's that's where i guess that perspective of it's all or nothing comes from and there's no middle ground there's no middle ground where it's like i can acknowledge this as a part of 
my sexuality, a part of like what makes me me. It's not all of me, but it is a part of me. Yeah, and I, I guess it's just about trying to find that middle ground where it's like, hey, you're you're on a podcast about this stuff. That's all right. Absolutely. Well, I'm I'm glad you feel that way, and and I still I still think it's very interesting. Um, because I guess I get that sense of like, I, I, I maybe not too far, but like, what's the what's the end goal? You know, like I, I have an idea or I have thoughts about what the end goal is, but the path to those things are so foggy and hazy that it's really like, are we going in that direction? We just have no idea, and I think the similar to why you wrote the history i think it's just nobody nobody has been doing this yet and i think it might be worth seeing what happens when it is done and when people are talking about it because i was definitely inspired by looking up uh you know fart fetish podcast on google and being like okay none of these people seem to be approaching this subject uh with with respect now watching some of those podcasts i actually was surprised and some of them are are good uh i'll talk about that in a different episode but one of them in particular and they're shared on the uh, fartfetish.info site is uh the two other people's lives podcast one with a uh a fart fetishist and one with a um a a female poop fetishist oddly enough um, and both interviews were amazing. Like they, they didn't, un, you know, they didn't understand these fetishes, but they, uh, I respected how much they respected their guests and, and, you know, before and after the guest, you know, and, and talking to the guest, there was no sense of this is like, I'm making fun of this person. I'm better than this person. There was one, at least one podcast that does do that approach. And I shared that as well as a contrast, but I'm glad there are, there are some that have approached this well. And I, that, that was my um, intention is to, what if we do this on, an, on a community level? What if we have a show monthly? What could, what could build from this? And, uh, and, you know, maybe it's going to be nothing. Maybe it'll be something. We, we, we won't know until, until we go forth and, and figure it out. Yeah, and you know what? It, like, this could be just... Uh... You know, you planting that small, tiny seed, and maybe you're gonna have to come back in like twenty years to see what comes out of this. You know, you like you don't know who it is that you're reaching with this. Like, it could have some kind of impact. It could spark something. You know, maybe they they listen to this and they like they get their own ideas of like how they want to go about doing things. And like, you, you have no idea where it's gonna end up in forty years. Like, I, I said this in the history as well at the end of like. No one knew back in those early days of badly laid out internet websites that that we'd be here today. No one, no one saw that coming. So, like, you know, we don't know what the next year even is going to bring, um, let alone the next 10, 20 years. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's very true. Perhaps one of the biggest uh, hurdles to that is... Uh, something that you mentioned in your in your written history, the kind of uh, fap and go, like people come to this this uh, like they don't come into the community necessarily, but they come to the porn essentially, what which is in the community, and then they take what they you know they take it and then they immediately leave essentially they they jerk off and go. Do you think there's anything we can do to combat that paradigm, or is it we just have to selectively find the people who? Uh, actually want more out of a community? I think it's 
it's hard in a space like ours because it's based around a sexual interest. And that just makes things inherently kind of difficult to, to build a sense of togetherness around that kind of thing. I know there are people that, that want to have more of a sense of community, you know, and I, I talk about that in the history as well. But, like, I think there will always be those people that are just like, hey, here's a bunch of stuff that I like, I'm gonna, gonna do my thing, and then I'm just gonna leave. Like, you'll always get those people. But you'll also get the people that, that want to kind of make more connections and want to, like, explore and meet people and have that feeling of, like, hey, we are... It's a, it's like, yeah, it's kind of a weird thing to be united by, but like, we are united by this thing, this common interest. As to how to go about finding those people, you know, I've got no idea. <laughs> I've got no idea. Well, we we talked yesterday about the the term uh, kink and fetish becoming kind of a, a catch-all for for the what kind of the mainstream accept as as what kink is or what BDSM is. Um, and these are things like, uh, at least in my opinion, things like rope, whips and floggers, gags, sensation play, um, some, you know, maybe some wax play for some people, and uh, even a bit of foot worship if you kind of uh, extend the definition to like um, femdoms who kind of like massage. Talk to me about what kind of issues that brings about for kinks like ours that that might be seen as on the fringes or extreme. Like, like who gets to decide what normalcy is within the broader kink community? Well, like I once again, I think that's just a problem of representation. If we don't see ourselves represented in any sort of kink space, then we will feel ourselves to be less inferior. Like or not worthy, or just weird, or just, once again, shameful, disgusting, all of that, like, we'll, we'll start, you know, like, that. that's the kind of feelings that, that we'll have. I, I, and I think when people just associate the idea of kink with just BDSM and all the other stuff that you mentioned as, like, the mainstream kinks, like, it's, it's a kind of very narrow viewpoint of it all, because there's more, there's a lot more than like there's a lot more than just our thing as well like you know we need to be aware that it's such a broad thing and yeah and i think having more visibility would get more people to be like okay sure these aren't for lack of a better word these aren't normal but like they are they are all still valid absolutely Sorry, I, w I wanted to add something about your point. Please, yeah. The the whole thing about other people talking about this in a less than respectful way. I think, once again, that's a problem of visibility. It's like, if other people can go on whatever platform to talk about whatever kind of fetish it is, you know, whether it's sliding or, or whatever else, if they don't see those people that are into that stuff as people... Um, and, it, like, it's very easy to dehumanize people. Um, but, like, if, if they don't see those people as people, then it's very easy to treat them with disrespect and to treat their interests as kind of, like, a freakish, out-there, weird thing and to talk about it in a way that mocks them. But, like, and I think I I message you this as well. You know, like, I've I've met a good number of people 
into this. Um, and it's like they, they they come from all walks of life and they come from a whole range of professions. Like there are scientists, there are lawyers, there are construction workers, there are IT guys, there are uh, social workers, there are teachers. You know, like we're all just normal people. We just happen to have this one thing. And I think outsiders need to understand that. And once again, with more visibility, like we'll head in that direction. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I it, it we're we're kind of winding down, and it seems a little backwards. But let me let me transition to a little bit about yourself in in the in the time we have remaining. Um, like, what do you? I think you you said you mentioned a few things uh, in uh, in your in your answers. But like, what are you into, and, and how do you approach this fetish for yourself? <laughs> um, in when it comes to the fetish itself, like I said, I, I'm generally quite open. I generally prefer clothes farts. Like, I'm not massively into bear. Uh, in, when I've met up with people to, to do stuff together, I have done bear farting. Like, as the active role and the passive role, the farter and the sniffer, as it were. But in general, I prefer, like, people wearing clothes and exploring things that way i enjoy being farted on like face farting i enjoy doing it to other people i enjoy yeah like sometimes i i think of myself as being quite vanilla within this kink like you know there doesn't have to be anything extreme happening for me to enjoy it and in terms of like going about it my whole thing from the very beginning like ever since i started kind of getting more actively involved in the community it's always been to to get to know people as people you like getting to know people beyond just the kink side of things and you know like I, i've made a couple of not a couple i've made a good number of good friends through this weirdly because like like i said i'm all about getting to know people and if i can see that the other person is the same then it's like hey let's like we can be friends kind of thing not everyone is like that there are some people that will they'll literally just message me being like hey send me videos send me videos you gassy right now can you send me a fart that kind of thing Um, which is very annoying and like i don't like talking to those people but yeah when you, whether it be whether you're the 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 farter in the situation or or receiving, do you how what does that look like? I guess yeah. What does that look like? It, are you is it like a, a dominating situation that you're you're receiving or, or giving, or is it like um, like what? Yeah, how I'm I'm just having trouble picturing it. What what would you like? What would what kind of things would you say? I, I guess maybe it would be a way to answer that. Um, <laughs> it, and I, I, if it's too personal, I'm sorry. I'll, no, I'll take no, it back. It, but it, like, see, I, like I don't approach this with the whole dom sub dynamic. Like that doesn't that just doesn't do it for me. I don't like venturing too far into either role. I'm I'm more of like a a give and take. Let's keep things fluid and flexible. It's like at some points I'll be I'll be taking the lead. And next, the other guy will be taking the lead. Yeah. So, like, you know, like, I, I don't get too aggressive in terms of what I say. Really, it's, like, 
what do you enjoy? Like, what do you want me to say? Like, I'll say that. Um, <laughs> I got it. Maybe, maybe help me, help me compare it to somebody I talked to, um, who, uh, they were mentioning uh, scenarios. They, or, what I wouldn't even call them scenarios. They talked about, uh, like they would be, uh, I'm guessing it was American football that they would be like a quarterback and they would like, uh, fart on their, on their, you know, teammates hands in that huddle or in the, you know, waiting for the, the hike. Uh, and that's kind of like. It's not really a sexual situation, but later they would go back and fantasize it when they were, you know, wanting to masturbate or whatever. So it was almost like a, let's do these farts. Well, he was doing the farts, I guess, by himself, but doing these farts in an everyday situation. And then the sexual thing is almost its own, like, its own separate thing. For me, that's... Uh, like for me, if, if I'm enjoying, like if I'm with someone else that's into it, then you know it's like why why separate the fighting from the the pleasure aspect afterwards? I'm just like ha- like have them at the same time. Uh, so yeah, that like that kind of thing is not really my thing. Okay, oh, okay. Um, maybe I, I'm sorry. May I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not. I'm, I like. I'm still like off uh i think it maybe i understand but like would you equate it then to more uh sometimes you have like uh in the in the in the straight fetish maybe you have them in the in the gay side as well um videos where the the person will essentially be farting for you but then also like what asking you to masturbate at the same time would you would you approach it a little closer to that um i have done that um, but it doesn't always have to be that way. Like, like literally, l- l- let me try to make this as clear as possible. Well. Like, sometimes if, if it's me, if it's me and another person, like, sometimes it might just be, okay, we meet up. It's like, hey, do you want me to sit on your face while I fart? And we're like, yeah, okay, great. We do the thing. I fart a couple of times. And it's like, done. <laughs> hey, do you want to swap positions? Yeah, sure. Great. We swap positions. He farts a couple of times. Like you know, it's it's as simple as that. There doesn't need to be anything on top of that for me to to enjoy. I I see. I, forgive forgive the term. It, it sounds a bit uh, transactional, and I, I that's I know we use that negatively earlier in the in the podcast, but uh, that's that's kind of the when I see it that way. That's all. Uh, like I almost see it like uh, like you know, going to a hotel room with a girl you just met and like, kind of like the awkward, like what, like, how do we, what do we do? Like, how do we want to do, how do we want to broach this? Yeah. Like, look, it has been like that. I, I guess I described it in a way that's kind of makes it seem less fun than it is. <laughs> no, no, I, I, well, no, I, I'm sure there's fun. I'm, I'm not, I didn't mean to, 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 uh, to minimize it. Yeah. Like, I guess like, you know, when I describe it that way, yes, it comes off as transactional and, and I guess it is. But yeah, it's just like I enjoy doing it to other people. I enjoy others having it done to me, no matter what kind of form that looks like. There doesn't need to be like I'm not one for having uh, a kind of scenario set up or anything. I do enjoy that. Like you know, if if the other person's into it, like and I can get into that as well. Like I'll happily do like a a role play kind of thing. But like that doesn't have to be there for me. It's a lot more about like the personal connection. Of like, can I connect with you on a kind of personal, non-fetish kind of level? Can I like, can I know you that way? 
and like a lot of just physical touch as well like uh, you know just like a vanilla kind of making out stuff kissing all of that like if that's involved and then there's fighting on top of that like that's like perfect for me like that'll do it for me I see. Okay, I see. I think I see. So that would be kind of your your if you if you had like a go to fantasy scenario, that would kind of be the the two elements you'd like to see. Yeah, that kind of physical enjoyment of each other with farting added on top. Like I do have other kind of more scene based fantasies that I like as well. But like I said, like I'm I'm not picky when it comes to this. Like, I enjoy a lot of stuff. That I mean, that must that that does I'm sure make it. Um, you can find enjoyment in many places then, which is which is great because I mean, like person like me, I feel limited sometimes in in terms of what's produced and and how much of it actually aligns with with what would actually uh, uh, you know arouse me. Uh, when do you have any idea when uh, and and you know like the origins why the why the fantasies or, or thoughts started for you why why you kind of moved in this direction? In terms of the fetish itself, like I have been into it since I was very young, and when I say into it, I have memories of like when I was four years old, and I would just have a weird kind of fascination with it. Obviously, I didn't know it was sexual at the time, but like I'd have a you know, this kind of strange kind of thought process of like, oh, I, I wonder what it would be like if that person over there farted. Like, oh, what would that feel like? Oh, that would be, that would be something like, but like, yeah, it wasn't sexual. Um, you know, this is me at like four or five years old. I, I don't know where that came from. I have no idea where it came from. I know a lot of people talk about, oh, they used to have like an older brother or, or a relative that, that would fart on them. Um, and that's where it kind of developed. Like, I didn't have that. And then with the internet and everything just growing up, these kind of inclinations, you'd end up, like, looking for stuff online, then you'd find stuff online, then you'd come across people who seem to be into the same things online, and then then all of a sudden you're like, hey, I enjoy this in a sexual way, and here we are today. So it was like, I guess I was... 13, 14, when I was going through, when I kind of discovered that, oh, hey, this is a thing for you. And, but it wasn't until much later on that I was like, I'll start participating in these communities. For sure. It's, it's interesting, because uh, I, I too kind of followed the, the, I guess, prepubescent path in terms of like, I guess not understanding or knowing it was sexual, but having these, um, dom even dominating farting fantasies at, uh, I don't remember how old I was in second grade, maybe seven or something. But yeah, I would, I would have these fantasies and, uh, it, it, it you know, they, they didn't, I guess it didn't connect to sexuality or it didn't, you know, click, I suppose in my head until, probably about junior high when things started to, you know, things started to make more sense when, uh, what are you like seventh, seventh or eighth grade or so? Um, when, when things start to get a little more, um, puberty starts to set in essentially. Um, I, um, we're, we're about to, to close out. I want to end on something that, uh, we kind of already talked about, but I think it's still a good, um, place to, to conclude is, uh, 
do you think we have the the power, the numbers, the will to to build a real sense of community here with this with this fetish? Like, what do you think it's going to take, or, or how do we do it? I think we have the numbers. I don't think we have the will, not just yet. But in terms of in terms of getting to that point, I think like you keep saying, like I, I'm pretty sure you've said this on multiple episodes. It's all about getting more people to speak out, more people to normalize things to a degree to be like hey this is us we're here yeah so like, uh, really that's all i can say because like I, more more people making content like what you're doing having more visibility like whatever that looks like and then i think it would be really good if we could have another like even if it's even if it starts out as an online space a space that's just for us because like I, I talk about in the history we've carved out like niche spaces within other communities where you know people who are into our fetish like they can gravitate towards them but we don't have our own space i think that would be like the next big step to have like a new flat fetish space i was going to say a new male astropus but that was just for gay people i think yeah having a space for all flat fetishists yeah, yeah, I, 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 we, we talked about at the top of how like that might be difficult to merge those, but I do think at least for the sense of support and uh, and like a general sense of community, we do need a a, a unified presence. And then you know if people want to, because because here's the thing, if we can just talk. That that should be all this space should be for. Like this podcast, um, the Discord that's related to it, or whatever. Like those things, I think, should be exclusively for discussion. So it shouldn't matter what your orientation is um, to participate. There is going to be some uh, hesitance. Like I think Damien mentioned uh, the, the potential of, of homophobia on gassy erotica form, uh, and I'm sure other forms as well. There's, there's definitely barriers to building that unified community, but I, I do feel like, um, I, well, I feel like it's necessary, and I feel like with things like this, with maybe, as you say, maybe people getting inspired to do other things, other podcasts, whatever. Uh, I, I'm hoping that will that we will have that um, where we can we can support each other no matter who we are on this side. At least we're we we can unify by the idea that we're just fetishists. We're we're fart well not just but we are fart fetishists. That's something we we have in common. And like attempts have been made. Like so. Well, I think it was 2020, someone tried to make like another kind of forum type of thing for us. It only lasted a few weeks because inevitably there was someone posting videos of minors or something. And the person who created the website didn't want to be associated with that. But like, you know, there is a desire for, for us to have this common space. We just have to like get to that point and have it managed properly. And that's the other thing. It's like not everyone has a time for that. Or, or the knowledge of how to run that kind of thing. So it's much easier to kind of carve out spaces in other communities rather than having our own thing. Like, it's hard. It takes effort. And not everyone's willing and willing to put in that effort. Yeah. No, some people can't even turn on the camera to record their farts. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but no, I, you know what? I do think, I do think that, that, I mean, this was a, this was an amazing conversation, and and your work with the uh, with the with the uh, documenting the history is important. And I think just one you coming on, just you doing the 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 history, every part of that, I think 
will will continue to inspire people to, you know, move forward and do more. Because I, I think it's kind of inevitable. Like like people are definitely listening to this podcast. I'm assuming mostly fetishists, and I, I can't imagine there, you know, that you know many of them will just tune in and do nothing. But you know, and that's fine. I'm not saying they have to do anything. But I think some will get inspired, and some will will take their own path into trying to carve out what the same thing you and I are trying to do here and build this sense of community and, and build a greater presence in the, in the, in the world. So I, I mean, I appreciate the work you've done and, and, and coming on and, and having such a, such a great, um, great talk with me. I, I really, I really hope we get to talk again. I mean, I know we'll talk again offline, but, but hopefully you'll come on again and we'll, uh, we'll chat some more. Yeah, no, definitely. I agree. I like. I hundred percent think that what you're doing is amazing as well. Thank you for having me on. Like it, it has been a great conversation. I hope someone gets something out of this. I hope you know that our conversation has managed to inspire someone to even do like a tiny thing of maybe instead of hiding this part away from themselves, maybe you'll want to explore it more safely and appropriately. But you know that that small kind of thing. Yeah, hopefully something good comes out of it and. If you'll have me back, I'm happy to to come back for for more discussion and talking and whatever. I love it. I love it. Great. Thank thank you very much, Dill. You can check out the brief history of the fart fetish community on fartfetish.info right now.